What's up, everyone? Welcome to Post Game Locked on Bucks. And Milwaukee are back. Forget about the podcast from yesterday with all the concerns. Giannis is back. That means the Bucks are back. 50 points from Giannis tonight. It was incredible. Let's get into it. <laughs> Max him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. You can see and hear me on this show Monday to Friday. Also, fun my work at ESPN and joining me, the founder of brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden. And as always, we thank you for making Lockdown Bucks your first listen of every day. And I reckon if you're a Bucks fan, you're probably waking up feeling a little bit better today than you did 24 hours ago. And maybe that's predictable with Giannis in the lineup, but the Bucks do beat the Pacers 128 to 119. As I mentioned, Giannis had 50 points. Third regular season 50-point game of his career. He's had one in the postseason, which I'm sure most most people are familiar with. And, you know, we'll get into this Giannis performance. You can dive into it first. But I was watching this game, and I thought about something I said on the podcast yesterday where I was like, well, look, the Bucs were pretty scratchy, but they probably beat the Blazers if they have Giannis in the lineup yesterday. It was kind of one of those games again. But I guess this is why you have an MVP in your team because he can just drop 50 and you can pick up a win on a night that otherwise uh, maybe wasn't perfect. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Pacers hit 17 out of 41 threes, 42%. Bucks 10 out of 29, 35%. You know, we've been saying without without Giannis, the three-point line feels like it's usually what dictates outcomes for the Bucks. And, you know, I think we can... We can say here, and you were you were laying it on a little bit thick. Obviously, Bucks being back, but <laughs> but you know, I mean, it, it, again, you can say, well, geez, man, they needed 50 from Giannis to be yeah. a rebuilding Pacers team. It's true. Um, you know that that's just the way the way things have been this season. Not just for the Bucks, but you know, across the league, it's just you know, night to night, hard to predict what's going to happen. Um, but uh, I mean, again, like let, let's return to the lead here. You know. We saw Giannis drop 44 points on what was it, 17 of 20 shooting, I think, um, in LA uh, a couple games ago for him, and to come back, uh, you know, after sitting out last night because of the ankle injury, and to drop 50 on 17 of 21 shooting from tonight, uh, 17 21 shooting tonight. Um, I was joking about it. Jalen Smith, last time he was at Pfizer Forum, watched Giannis drop 50 on the Suns when he was. <laughs> a non-playing sure. rookie for the Suns last year. We kind of, you know, a lot of, I mean, I remember thinking like, man, how bad does Jalen Smith have to be that Monty Williams won't even give him a look with all their big guys gone. Um, and tonight, I mean, again, this was not like Jason, Jalen Smith's fault. Not like he was the guy who was primarily defending Giannis. He had yeah. you know, some possessions. Nobody had any chance against Giannis tonight. And, um, you know, two out of three from three, the, the shot that gave him 50 was, you know the kind of the kind of shot. You know, I mean, Kane, you you can price you know picture it. Um, he does this where it's like he puts his head down, like he's it's like he's trying to get. I don't know if it's like he's trying to get the other guy convinced that he's not looking to shoot or something, but like it's like he's like zoned in on the ground to like dribble to a spot, and then he rises up and he almost never makes those shots. But tonight he does that, dribbles to a spot on the left side, 
rises, fires for his uh, 50th point. Do you think and, that's um, his version of the LeBron, like, look at the ball? You know how you know when LeBron has that move that no matter what, he's shooting the three? Does he look at the ball or he does something with the with the ball and then lets it fire every single time? He has a little bit more success at this point. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, again, though, this was just a night where, you know, certainly from a scoring perspective, everything was working for Giannis. And, you know, Miles Turner wasn't playing. A lot of other six uh, Pacers were not playing. Uh, Goga Batadze, O'Shea Brissett, uh, Jalen Smith, God bless them. I mean, they, they had decent size, at least in the starting them. five. <laughs> but, um, you know, we saw some Tristan Thompson minutes. Uh, yeah, I mean, th- there was just nobody that, that was getting in the way of Giannis tonight. And, um, obviously they needed it. Right. And, um, you know, look, looking at also his scoring, I mean, 12 points in the first quarter, six in the second quarter. So 18 at the half, then 13 in the third quarter, and then 19 points in the fourth quarter. <laughs> I mean, uh, again, just, this is a guy that, uh, knows how to close games at this point. He's the leading fourth quarter score in the NBA. We saw that, you know, we saw that reason again tonight, but, um, just going to the basket, it was just, um, you know, like a, a kid, playing with his, you know, younger siblings on a Nerf hoop or something like that, right? I mean, it was just uh, just really impressive to watch. It was. Now, this isn't the greatest production of all time, and I'm not even sure if this is going to work, but I don't know if you saw this photo, Frank, and if you're watching on YouTube, you'll be able to see that. But this is early, <laughs> this was the dunk earlier in the game. And the funny thing is that, like, you wouldn't call this dunk a traditional poster because it ended up being an uncontested dunk. But he took off from... Yeah, just below the free throw line. And Buddy Heald is just standing there looking up at him. And even the photo, when you look about at how far away he is from the rim with his arm fully extended, it's like, I don't know, there's no possible way. Like, would defy logic for him to be able to dunk this. But he did it so easily. And when he did that dunk, that was when I tweeted and said, you know what, I think Bucks basketball is a little more fun when Giannis is playing. Because it was just, it was one of those dunks. And he's it's crazy to me that he can still do it. But do something like one act like that where I'm just like, holy shit, that is incredible because he does it so often. But yeah, there's no doubt. Uh, Bataze, is it Bataze? Bataze? I, I actually, you know, I, I take pride in pronunciations. I, I can't say I've, I, I know if the D, are you saying like the D might be silent? Yeah, I, 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 I mean, I Bataze, but you know, I'll, I'll take your word for it if the, D's, if the D's silent. I'd have to check the, the Pacers game notes. Um, well, either way, that that guy, that Pacers defender later on in the game, I think Giannis was going to the basket and he, I think he cops like a knee or something and he was on the ground and he just punched the, the floorboards. <laughs> I, I almost felt the pain of like what he must be thinking at that point. There was another possession earlier in the fourth quarter where Marcus was basically laughing at him going, oh no, he's trying to get the switch back. He switched on to Giannis. He doesn't want it anymore. And then Giannis just went to the free throw line. It was just... Just a bunch of helpless men out there in yellow tonight. There was really nothing that they could do uh, about. By this the way, I, I I just checked it. You're yeah, correct, this... Kane Goga Bitaze. There's the D is silent according to the Pacers game notes. So B-t-b-taze. again, we try to be respectful of pronunciations on this uh, on this podcast. So there you go. So. Uh, when I was looking, because uh, for some reason, I mean, Giannis has had a lot of games where he's sort of 45 points to 49 points. He's racked up a few of those games over the last few seasons, but he's had this one, uh, another one was against Utah, and then the other one was against Philadelphia where they lost that game, and he had some words to to describe uh, Ben Simmons as a defender. I believe that's right. That was that game there. But it is funny. Again, I mean, obviously we've seen it, but ju- our friend Justin Garcia just tweeted out that Giannis is now officially leading the league in scoring. Now, I, 
obviously I trust Justin on that. He said that he's averaging 29.4. I think I asked you before we started recording. I think Durant and Embiid are right there. But I, I don't know. Our listeners will know. Maybe they'll be able to point it out. But I can't remember Giannis leading the scoring, certainly not this late in the year. And it's kind of just one of those stats that's snuck up on uh, snuck up on me for sure. He's obviously had a monster last month or so i think the graphic they put up on the broadcast he was up over 31 points per game since the turn of the new year so i mean he's on quite the tear but the scoring title it's kind of something i didn't really think about i'm sure you did but it's not something that i thought about too much uh till this point i guess yeah i mean it would be one more you know achievement to to throw in the mantle right um you know i mean if leading... you win scoring title and win defensive player of the year i mean that's pretty outrageous yeah, I mean, we know Michael Jordan has done that. Um, I, I actually would be curious now. I, I actually kind of want to look up who has actually accomplished accomplished that because offhand, you know, you think about the guys that have been sort of the best defensive players. And again, that, that award has only been around since the early 80s. Sidney Moncrief famously winning the first two for the Bucs. But, um, you know, I can tell you David Robinson, my first favorite player, uh, did win defensive player of the year and he won a scoring title famously scoring 71 points on the last day of the 93 94 <laughs> season i think it was um i was in seventh grade that was a big day for me it was a, that was a Shaq thing wasn't um, it it was Shaq thing yeah. yeah he was he was up against Shaq. he averaged 29.8 points per game that year um you know scoring 71 in the final game so uh so yeah i mean it's it's happened at least a couple times you know mj's done it um and david robinson's done it. i don't think akeem ever led the league and came close to leading the league in scoring um, because let's be honest, like for the majority of the, you know, from, from the mid eighties through, you know, the mid to late nineties, Michael Jordan was winning the scoring title pretty much every year. And so, so that, that was pretty much the only guy who had a chance to do that. But yeah, I mean, other than that, you know, you think about guys who've been winning scoring titles, James Harden, you know, I, th- I think LeBron must've, I think LeBron's won at least one, um, Kobe Bryant obviously has, has won some, but, uh, but yeah, not a lot of, uh, like defensive type players in that mix. So, um, hey, I if, if we can say that, you know, MJ, <laughs> Admiral, and Giannis were the t- only three guys to uh, to win defensive player of the year in scoring title, it'd be one more kind of fun, fun little uh, kind of point to, to put on the board. And and then we could, we could you know, we could say that what the only guys to win MVP and DPOY and, you know, finals MVP and scoring title, I think, I think at that point you would have eliminated everybody but, you know, MJ and, and Giannis probably at that point. So, um, but yeah, and I mean, the interesting thing too, I mean, when Giannis sort of first became this explosive scorer, you know, that was sort of towards the tail end of James Harden's explosive scoring tenure in Houston. And so Giannis was putting up, I think, I don't think people realize like the year where he scored 29.5 two years ago, you know, he did that in just under 31 minutes a game. So the per 36 numbers that year, I, I want to say, double check, I think that was still the third or fourth highest points per minute total in NBA history. Uh, Harden, who that was Harden's biggest scoring year, and of course Wilt's 50 point per game uh, season. But Wilt, <laughs> you know, averaged over 48 minutes per game that year. Yeah. So he actually only averaged, I think, 37 and change um, points per 36 minutes if you normalize it per minute. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I think obviously Giannis's minutes a little higher this year, obviously closer around 33 tonight he plays 36. Um, but just the the fact that he's become, you know such a dominant score. I mean, that was one thing I, I really didn't think early in his career, you know, especially like year three when he was having sort of his breakout and, you know, point Giannis, I thought, you know, Hey, he's obviously he can score over 20 points a game, but, um, but to be a like close to 30 point per game score in the NBA, 
Um, especially considering, I mean, he, he has not developed a three-point shot, really. Although he is back up over 30%. He had two out of three tonight again. Um, but the fact that he's gotten to this point, just, you know, getting better and just getting more, I mean, just his relentlessness. Um, obviously, I think he's had made progress with that in-between game a little bit. But for the most part, I mean, this is just Giannis just being so good at just being undeniable transition, <laughs> but half court as well, and just being able to get to the basket and, you know, another 18 free throw attempts tonight. My own, my, I have two complaints tonight about this game came, came one. He missed his last three free throws, yeah. including the, the two he had very late um, under a minute to go, which could have tied his career high. So, ironically, I think he missed his first free throw. So he misses one, then he makes 14 straight and then he missed three free throws in a row. Um, that was a bit strange, but still 14 out of 18, you'll happily take that night to night indication of his free throw shooting continuing to be strong. My other complaint, I tweeted about it. I complained last night about (laughs) Serge Ibaka not getting credited for a block early on tonight. uh, Actually the, the, the play right before basically that teed up that, that dunk you referenced that incredible sweeping transition dunk. He like, he like kind of blocked the ball, got a piece of the ball when I think it was Jalen Smith going up for a baseline shot. Then it looked like he might've even like blocked it again. And then the shot ended up like being like four feet short and off to the side. Like it was a, you know, Giannis absolutely like made contact with the ball and it missed no block, no steal given my hatred of, you know, whatever 70 year old, 78 year old men would run the buck score scoring table uh, continues my, you know, one way um, scorn for them. They had no idea that I feel this way, but I do. Um, I, I feel they've been screwing Giannis out of blocks and seals for years now. Once again, tonight it happens. Uh, no blocks, no steals tonight, but at least they didn't uh, screw him out of any points. So uh, I, I, I can confirm he had 50 points tonight. That's good. So I'm not 100% sure who does the Bucks scoring now. I think it did change like recently or in the last few years. For some reason, I have some memory of uh, is someone retiring. But I will say... Around the rest of the league, my experience in seeing the guys that uh, the men and women that do the scoring, yes, I, I oftentimes wonder to myself uh, how they can possibly actually keep up and see what's going on in the game because they are they are generally of the older uh, generation. The scorers that sit at the score table, so I, I try not to go too harsh on them. But Frank, this is your bit. This is your bit, and uh, and I totally respect it. I also respect Prize Picks, our sponsor of the podcast, as well. Uh, if you, you've heard me talk about prize picks for a while, it's daily fantasy made easy. And uh, all you have to do is pick two to five players and then over and under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. And it's just you versus the projected numbers. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. Prize picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. You can use the award winning app on both the App Store or Google Play if you're a, a weirdo that, that uses Google Play. But anyway, prize picks offers any prop you can think of from points scored to rebounds, even steals. And uh, they don't just offer NBA. There's college basketball, college football, NFL, uh, it's done now, but MLB, soccer, MMA, and more. So for a limited time, Price Picks have an exclusive no-brainer of an offer for all our users. You get 50 bucks free if a player on your first Price Picks entry scores a single point, but you must use the code NBA. That's right. This is an exclusive offer available to Locked On fans. Sign up today and use the code NBA for 50 bucks free. If a player in your first Price Picks entry scores a single point, that's uh, Prize Picks Daily Fantasy Made Easy.
Thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. Nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. I think I might make the cut for today's podcast. Thanks to Giannis and his 50-point game. So if you want to listen to that after, you can do that. Uh, speaking of the development of Giannis, we'll keep talking about Giannis here and this performance. I do eventually want to get to uh, some of the defensive stuff we saw. Again, it's a small sample, but we saw our first minutes with Serge and Giannis on the floor together. Uh, so we will get to that. Uh, there was and Bobby, 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 Giannis, and Serge had had a run there, which I was not expecting, and I'm not sure I would recommend. But again, shorthanded, so we we're seeing some strange lineups for sure. Uh, and of course, well, what about our guy, Lindell Wigginton, continues to put up some pretty decent minutes in, a, in an unexpected expanded role. Uh, just with Giannis's scoring development, he had one shot late in this game, Frank. I don't know what to call it. It was like a left-handed teardrop, flippity uppity up in the air uh, through. Uh, this is one thing. It's only one shot. And I was like, I think he meant to do that. And uh, certainly on the replay, it looked like he did. But uh, that's not something I can really remember him pulling out too often. Frank, for a guy that a lot of times we say, why doesn't he have a hook shot? Why doesn't he have all these moves around the basket? We say, well, maybe he doesn't have the exactly uh, elite touch and feel around the basket on some of these finishes. Um, that was pretty nice. That was nice. That, that was the... That was the most Drew Holiday shot he's ever taken, right? Like yeah. driving to the basket, left hand, bizarrely high arcing from very close to the basket. Yeah, that was a. Uh, again, I don't, I don't know how intentional or, you know, again where that came from, but um, everything was going in tonight. So, uh, you know, tough, tough to question it. Giannis, Serge. On the floor together, anything stand out to you? We did see Serge. Uh, we spoke yesterday. It wasn't really popping out to the three-point line too often. He had one scenario where he was able to knock down a three. Uh, a couple of little hook shots again. I don't know. What, what did he finish with points-wise? I don't have the box score up here. but nine, uh, nine points, three out of three shooting, nine points, five rebounds. Yep. Good on you, Serge. Just solid. And uh, he had that three, that other play where he was fouled on a three-point shot and just started laying flat on his back on the floor. And I wasn't sure if he was going to get up. But uh, that's what happens when you're a bit older and you're playing a back-to-back. He was just trying to get that few extra seconds of rest. He played 31 minutes last night. Uh, what did you see defensively? Anything stand out to you? They were going to uh, what I would call a more traditional drop coverage uh, a little more often tonight. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm, you know, Bucks defense overall, I don't think was anything, <laughs> anything to write home about mm-hmm. again tonight. Um, I think I was happy to see just from a, you know, schematic standpoint, the fact that they were playing more traditional. Interesting, we saw Bobby doing that as well. You know, typically Bobby, Bobby, you know, I think we've kind of thought of as like he was the reason why the Bucks have been much more aggressive um, in pick and roll coverage. You know, Giannis can do kind of anything. Um, Bobby, obviously not really a, a drop type type of center, but with Serge back, I think it was good to see Serge being used in that way. We saw them kind of doing that more more so throughout the game. We did see some switching late. Um, and again, I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you like, oh, like the, you know, the, the drop worked to perfection and, you know, they stifled the Pacers or something like that. Um, I think we did see the Pacers miss a lot of point blank shots. Give the Bucks big Serge and Giannis, I think some credit for that, probably some luck as well, just with the Pacers just missing some shots. Um, but again, I think that's, that's how I think, you know, normally you'd, you'd want to play. And I think as far as like the rhythm of the game, you know, again, as, as I've kind of said, I think switching is the change up really more. I think, you know, bucks have like some different looks. I can give you the two, three zone, right? Like you're not going to run like a, a zone for, you know, really extended periods. And we've seen them do that at times, but I think, you know, in a playoff situation, the zone is something you break out, you know, out of a timeout just to kind of put the, put the opponent, 
kind of in a, an awkward spot and, you know, again, kind of try to surprise them a little bit, run it for a possession or two, something like that. Switching, I think, again, we've seen them do it, you know, certainly like late in games at times, depending on the personnel and depending on the opponent's personnel as well, right? If, you know, you've got opposing kind of traditional big men out there, I don't know that you're really running switching as much, but when the other team is small in particular, um, switching can be certainly a, especially a more useful tool. So tonight, I think, you know, kind of having that base defense, actually going back to the base defense that has been their base defense, um, that was, I think, you know, again, what I would expect to see more of now that Surge is here and certainly hopefully once Brooke is back. Um, and then we did see them though, hey, they could, you know, go about a little bit more of that um, switch everything type of approach late kind of when needed. But again, nothing to write home about tonight. But again, I think just from a getting some reps perspective, <coughs> excuse me, getting some reps perspective, um, you know, I guess, I guess at least you got some of that tonight. Bucks and Sixers coming up next, last game before the All-Star break. And if you want to check out all the lines and odds for that game, you can do that at Bet Online. Football's done, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. So you can get those odds, totals, player performance props, and uh, find out which coach is going to be fired next. BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for the scores, podcasts, and news this season. It's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey. Boxing, UFC, odds, right to Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action that's been online where the game starts. Just from a defensive standpoint, and I've seen some people float this, so uh, I'm just putting it out there into the open, into the Locked On Bucks uh, universe. Uh, we saw Serge Ibaka, for obvious reasons, start in the game yesterday next to Giannis. I don't think we've seen enough from Serge to know what he really has left in the tank or what he can provide. Is there anything in terms of how you would like to see the Bucks start to play defensively, uh, find some consistency on that end of the floor? Is there any part of you that if Serge is a guy that you can you can play drop coverage with, then Bobby Porters can do it as well. Is there any part of you that's like, oh, maybe we can start to shift Bobby Porters back to the bench? Because if Brooke Lopez is coming back, of course there's a scenario where he's not that healthy, but you would assume that Bobby's going to go back to playing that role. Does, is there any possibility you see that, or is it too early to tell? It's a really great question. I mean, I, I think honestly, I think there's a very good argument for putting Bobby back on the bench just from a scoring balance perspective, um, you know, I think it was interesting today. We saw Giannis play the first nine minutes or so of the first and third quarters. Normally we see him go a little bit earlier. I mean, it, it, not that that's like completely unheard of, but, um, but it was interesting as Bud's trying to figure out like how kind of he, how he wants to stagger, you know, having three big guys again. Um, we did see a bit of that. Um, again, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't think Bud is like the kind of guy that, you know, likes to, yeah make changes just to make changes. Right. Um, I think there's a pretty decent, you know, argument from like a staggering perspective and just sort of a, you know, defensive kind of base perspective of doing exactly what you're describing, starting surge, um, bringing Bobby off the bench. And again, you can still play Bobby 30 minutes a game. It's not like that precludes you from, from doing that. Right. Especially given that we often, um, we'll see, uh, Giannis go to the bench pretty early in first quarters. Right. I mean, if you're, bringing Giannis to the bench at like six, the six minute mark. And then you put Bobby in for, you know, an extended run. Um, you can certainly still get Bobby plenty of minutes. They'll have him close if you want. Um, so, yeah, I mean, especially, I mean, I, I'd be curious, I, I, you know, again, the 
playing all three of those guys at once, I think was more a product of the fact that, you know, who you're missing today, obviously Pat um, is out. Interesting. He's, he was like in like a full, like sling type <laughs> yeah. type thing. It was like a forced, um, you know, hand over your heart, uh, national anthem, uh, pledge of allegiance pose he was in. Um, Maybe he's a big celebrator on the bench and they didn't want to take any yeah, chances. They, so they're really they're strapping that hand in, strapping him in. Um, but on top of that, I mean, you know, Wes Matthews is out today with with it was a, a toe in some kind of toe injury, um, and you know, obviously we we don't need to rehash kind of everybody else is out. So so yeah, I mean, we saw Lindell Wigginson, who we've seen now a couple times. Um, we can talk about him in a moment with George Hill out and Dante obviously gone. We've seen um, you know Mamu played tonight as well. Even with uh, three big men, you know, we saw Mamu uh, before garbage time. I don't think we saw him very long, but but. I, I do remember seeing him actually on the floor, which I wasn't expecting. So, um, so yeah, I think it's an interesting question. Um, but again, I'm curious kind of how quickly Bud would go to that. But I mean, you know, I think it seems like eventually Bobby's going to come off the bench um, in your ideal scenario. Um, and I, I think the, the one thing I will say is that, you know, the, um, the Giannis Bobby pairing has generally worked very well this year. Um, you know, the numbers have been pretty good all year long. Um, and so, I mean, again, they've made that work, um, on both ends. Giannis without Bobby has not actually been nearly as good. Um, but he obviously, a lot of those minutes have come without a traditional center or with Boogie who Giannis and Boogie were like a net negative. Like they, they didn't work at all for, for whatever reason, again, very small sample size. So yeah, I think that's a great question. Um, it's really something I think maybe, you know, as, uh, as we get into it over the next couple of weeks, might be an interesting question as Bud you know, whether, whether they might consider doing that because certainly we've seen in the past, right. I mean, it used to be the joke that George Hill would never, could never start a yeah. game. He's had started the games this year, but you know, previous years, like George Hill would never start just because they wanted to have him coming off the bench and kind of staying in that role. He's not the only, but is not the only coach that kind of does that sort of thing. Um, so there's certainly also just that argument, you know, it doesn't, doesn't mean that surge is better than Bobby, just that again, from just a rotational standpoint that that could just make a little more sense. So, um, so yeah, I think definitely something will be interesting to, to watch out for, especially if the Bucks continue to struggle defensively. I think it'll be interesting to see if that may be something they go to. Um, but again, I mean, honestly, just nice to have options for a change with your big man rotation. Yeah, I, I think for me as well, one of the reasons why I'm at least intrigued by the idea is just trying to maximize while you can minutes with Giannis with Serge. Like Bobby's played with Giannis a lot. Surge hasn't so maybe that's a way of as you said they make their subs whatever you can figure it out it maybe doesn't matter that much um, but it could be a way to, to start games or uh, however you feel about that you mentioned Wigginton he was pretty good uh, Marcus was loving him on the broadcast the only thing Marcus was loving more than Lindell Wigginton on the broadcast with tonight was his Dua Lipa ad read which as someone who enjoys doing ad reads uh, it was just a brilliant work from Marcus honestly I love it he's done it a couple of times now uh, speaking of big men to steal a segment from PTI. Happy trails, Greg Munro. His return appears like it's over. We had a couple of and ones. Lots of smiles. It's good to have Greg Munro back around. But I don't think we thought it was going to be a long-term proposition. Certainly the trade for Serge Ibaka probably sealed his fate when it came to a second 10-day deal. But what about DeAndre Bembry? Should we talk about him? I almost forgot. We got to the end of the podcast, but the Bucks are bringing in DeAndre Bembry. He was someone that we mentioned uh, obviously, he spent some time with the Nets, uh, so uh, he'll just enjoy being in a, a locker room that is that is happy to be with each other and spend some time together, so I think he will he will benefit from that. We saw him at the arena tonight sitting in the suite. John Horst was 
also casting a watchful eye over the game. But Benbury, any thoughts? Um, you know, I mean, I, I think we, <laughs> I think we saw it tonight. I mean, and Jordan Ward did score 17 points last night. Today he has nine. Um, but you know, especially defensively and just some of the, you know, again, I think he he's tried to get better with his passing and things like that. But it just feels like just the rhythm of the offense with Jordan just frequently kind of hits kind of record scratch moments. I, I saw a couple of people make jokes about how, you know, every time he gets kickouts for open jumpers, he waits until he's covered to, to take a three pointer. Um, so, uh, you know, again, I, I think there'll probably be moments the rest of the season he's going to have to play. Um, but I think just having options and, and Bembry is a guy who he's shooting 42% from three this year. He's a career 28% shooter. I don't think, uh, his three-point shooting this year has been particularly real, um, but he's an interesting player. Bud drafted him in 2016, so I mean, there's a familiarity level there. And um, you know, we were DMing about. I made the comment um, that you know he kind of reminds me as of like a downside scenario for Dante. <laughs> and Eric responded. Eric, our friend Eric, name responded. That's actually exactly kind of what basically he's like, bad Dante. Um, and of course, people might be saying, "Well, Dante sucked this year, so what does that even Bad mean?" Dante, but, the brother of Secret Dante, uh, but yeah. all, in the, all in the same family. Yeah, yeah, that's like, yeah, there's like a garbage pail type type uh, situation <laughs> here with all these these Dante versions. Um, but uh, you know, I think you look at his profile. For the obvious difference is Dante shoots tons of threes. You know, isn't great at them, but I mean, last year Dante shot thirty seven percent. So I mean, um, you know, Dante's become a, a respectable three point shooter. Um, Bembry again this year, you know, has been much better, but you know, pretty small volume. Um, but I think kind of where um, where they they have similarities are sort of in their abilities is kind of like you know we talk about connectors, guys who you know again they're not like primary pick and roll ball handlers or anything like that, but you know you can give them the ball, they can handle it a little bit, they can bring up the floor, you know, they can occasionally make a play in a pick and roll. They can move the ball. Um, and a guy like Bembry, very good off ball cutter, pretty good offensive rebounder for a guy his size. Um, and, you know, pretty athletic. He actually like, you know, will dunk in games um, has, I think must have much bigger hands than Dante because Dante for all his athleticism, just, you know, obviously struggled with his finishing, but Bembry, I mean, in his NBA career, almost half of his shots have come at the rim, which for a six, five, six, six guy, you know, saying something, granted, he's not a high volume, you know, shooter scorer. So, you know, maybe not saying as much, but 63% career at the rim takes a ton of shots at the rim. And again, um, just pretty smart moves off ball, crashes the glass, um, can get out in transition. And then I think he can actually put it on the deck a little bit and get to the rim. And I remember I, you know, coming out of college at St. Joe's, I mean, he was a four and a half assist guy in college. I mean, he kind of was known as a guy who had playmaking skill. Um, and again, not that you're looking for that, for that, for that from him now but again i think when you play the way that the bucks play and trying to move the ball kick it out to open guys i think just you know if a guy can't shoot threes or isn't a high volume three-point shooter you at least want him to have that kind of drive and kick instinct and you know be able to get to the basket and make plays so um so we'll see again is he a playoff rotation guy when you're healthy no probably not <clears throat> but um who knows right who knows where the bucks are going to be health wise in a couple months i think in the grand scheme of things you know if gary harris you know, had been bought out. Would I have rather had Gary Harris? Well, yeah, but, you know, Gary Harris is playing big minutes for the Magic right now. He's still 27. I don't know. I'm not really sure why the Magic would buy him out. Yeah. Other than the fact that, you know, if they're just blatantly trying to, you know, lose as many games as possible. But given how bad the Magic have been this year, um, you know, they're 
they're one win ahead of the Pistons in the kind of East uh, tank standings. They're two games, two wins um, ahead of the, the Rockets who are last in the West. So they're going to be very bad regardless. Um, so again, if Gary Harris comes available, hey, of course you'd be interested, but so would pretty much all the contenders out there. So, um, you know, given given the immediate needs right now with with Pat out um, and Dante obviously being shipped shipped to Sacramento, you know, I think he's a reasonable guy to take a flyer on. And um, you know, we'll see what happens next. Um, obviously, I think probably the next name to watch out for is is Goran Dragic, who we've obviously mentioned. Um, and by the way, did you did you see this? <laughs> we, I mean, we Woj reported that the Bucks would aggressively pursue Dragic and mention you know some other suitors. Interesting that hasn't mentioned the the Heat, which feels almost like you know the heat just scamming us because since he's now been since he's now been traded by the Raptors he could actually resign with Miami if if the Raptors had had bought him out he couldn't go back to Miami because it was the first time he was moved after he'd been traded but um but I was almost just like what's going on here are the are the heat just going to like backdoor this and then all along you know he's been working out in Miami blah 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 um but I don't know if the heat really have minutes for him they've gotten so much contributions from all their you know kind of random guards that they've acquired over the past couple of years so it may not even be that very good opportunity for him um and obviously the bucks you know do have an opportunity here we should talk about Lindell Wigginton still um but obviously the, I think there is a potential opportunity for Dragic to play and be kind of that like you know pick and roll second unit type type of guy especially with George Hill you know he obviously has missed games not just this year, but but in past years as well. So, um, but anyway, returning thing, the the person I saw tweeting about um, Goran Dragic today in the Bucks was Robert Randolph, the musician Robert Randolph and the Family Band. I don't know if you're familiar with this this guy. Uh, no. <laughs> but I was like, I see somebody, I, somebody like quote tweeted, and I'm just like, wait, Robert Randolph, the musician, and I like tweet on it, and he's like, Goran Dragic just told me that it's between the Bucks and the Warriors, and I'm just like. Robert Randolph is talking to Goran Dragic about where he was like, what? And then I look at his page and like, apparently Robert Randolph's a big Knicks fan. And so like half of his tweets are about like the New York Knicks and whatever. So, uh, so yeah, if, if, if it comes, <laughs> if it comes down to the Bucks and Warriors, uh, somebody's gonna have to give Robert Randolph, uh, of Robert Randolph and the family band credit for, uh, uh, I don't know if, I, I don't know if it got just breaking the news, but, um, but interesting, uh, interesting trying to find the, uh, the, the trip, we kind of go through the breadcrumbs on this and, and figure out what, what, what might be happening. Well, it's going to come full circle. So Goran Dragic is going to go to the Warriors GP2. There's something, I don't know, I even know what, I think they guaranteed his contract for the year. Something's going to happen there and he's going to end up back on the box and, uh, and then we'll, uh, we'll be back and then, uh, they're going to try and collect the full DeAndre collection. So what's Ligan, what's Ligan's up to? What's what's he been doing lately? Maybe he can come back as well. Right? <laughs> I'll never forget the game where Gary Payton, Mitten, and uh, DeAndre Liggins started in the same game, and I believe they won that game, and uh, it was an overtime game in Phoenix, I think, if my memory serves me correctly. They were both fantastic. But anyway, whatever. We're really diving into the into the rabbit hole here. Uh, Frank, don't forget about your boy Q and handicapping <laughs> expert Lee Sterling at the Locked On Bets podcast. Make sure you check out the Locked On Bets podcast after Locked on Bucks, and after Locked on Now, only if you're into that type of thing, feel free. Go check it out. Uh, Bucks and the Sixers in two days' time. That's uh, wait, Thursday. wait, wait. Are, 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 we we got to talk about Lindell Wigginton, man. Hurry what up. is this? What is this Lindell Wigginton erasure happening right now? Um, oh. You know, someone 
I made a comment in in one of my other DM threads, not the one I have with you today, um, about like Rude. how I could see Lindell Wigginton like becoming like a, an eleventh, twelfth man in a couple years. Like I don't, you know, again, like I'm not saying he's <coughs> gonna stick with the Bucks, but um, and then I was accused by uh, one of my buddies in this thread of being like a, I don't know, I forget what he said, but basically just being like that I had fallen victim to his single game plus minus. And I said I didn't even realize he had a good plus minus last night, but apparently he he did. Um, it's kind of weird. I mean, Wigginton is a guy who d- has never been a good shooter. He didn't shoot efficiently in college at Iowa State. He hasn't shot efficiently from three or anything like that. I mean, he's like a 30, low 30s, like three-point shooter um, with the herd. Um, so it's been weird because he's actually like been like making threes um, here in this, this early stint with the Bucks. Had kind of a couple ill-advised <laughs> quick threes in the fourth quarter, I think it was, and one which he, which he airballed. His legs like go every which direction when he jumps when he takes threes, which I feel like is just generally not a good uh, good good thing to do when you're shooting threes. Um, kind of reminds me of I don't know if you remember Corey Brewer. Corey Brewer had just like the the most like, like non replicable mechanics ever. Like every three point shot, his mechanics looked different. His legs went all different directions. I think Lindell Wiggins is not that bad at it, but um, but let's just say I'm not sure how real the three point shooting is from him. Um, but it's been, Hey, it's been encouraging. And, um, you know, also last night against the Blazers, I mean, he really works. I mean, he's, he's a very good athlete. He's strong. He's not big, but he's strong and he really works defensively. Um, and again, you know, you take, you need some discipline and some savvy to go with it. I don't know if he's got tons of those things, but, um, you know, especially, you know, just given with this kind of depleted lineup, you know, let's just say the effort defensively has not been great all the time with the Bucks here of late. And so I think just the way he's kind of battled and trying to get over screens, things like that, I think has been just, you know, encouraging to see. And again, I think with guys like this, I mean, even Wara, you know, the hard part is even if these guys become NBA players, it's like, is it going to happen with the team that they started with? Like the Bucks? Eh, you know, a lot of times guys have to kind of bounce around a little bit, mature, get their games together before they actually kind of figure things out. But um, but you know, kudos to them. I mean, they they need some minutes right now with George Hill out, um, with with Goran Trakic <laughs> leading on musicians and NBA insiders and trying to figure out what he's going to do. So um, kudos to Lindell Wigginton. You know, tonight, what he finished with career high 12, 12 points, I think. Um, I mean, yeah, shout out to him. Twelve points on eight shots, a couple of rebounds, assists, steal, plus one, good plus one in twenty eight minutes. <laughs> 28 minutes. Um, so yeah, I mean, given given the struggles of you know, Javante Smart and uh, and Justin Robinson from those two way guard spots, um, refreshing to see a guy kind of come in and, and make the most of his opportunity here. All right, coming up on the show tomorrow, NBA newsbreaker Rupert Randolph uh, will be on the show. Robert. <laughs> <laughs> Robert Randolph. Robert. Uh, no longer going to join the show because I messed up his name, but uh, we'll see. Just keep it. If you talk Knicks, he'll probably come on if you're if you're willing to talk about you know oh, Mitchell actually, Robinson and Julia. Oh, there this, you go. Shout out to just, Chris Herring. Yeah, shout out to Chris Herring. I just got this book in the Mount Zion Blood in the Garden: The Flagrant History of the 1990s New York Knicks. Uh, make sure you check that out. Chris is a legendary fella. Uh, all right. Let's wrap it up. Bucks and Sixers in a couple of days. Sixers lost by 48 points today in a tremendous start to the James Harden era. It started poorly with his outfit and ended poorly on the scoreboard. Uh, so we'll see what the Sixers do in a couple of nights' time. And uh, James Harden won't be playing in that game either. But uh, Bucks and Sixers, always an interesting game. So tomorrow we'll be able to 
look ahead to that. Camille, I haven't let Camille know, but Camille, if you're listening to this um, and you want a podcast tomorrow, you're coming on. <laughs> please, please let me know if you have time, uh, but we'll figure out the show tomorrow. Frank, any parting thoughts? Well, actually, I was just, I was just thinking about it, Kane. I mean, <clears throat> I don't want to, I mean, it's, I know nothing's set yet, but I know that there's, um, I don't, I don't, is there more optimism of Brooke Lopez returning to the Bucks for the playoffs or Kane Pittman returning to the Bucks for the playoffs? <laughs> well, uh, John Horst hasn't announced my potential return. <laughs> That's all I'll say. So take, I guess maybe, take... maybe I was thinking if, if you can find your way back to Wisconsin for, for, for a, a bit this spring, get Eric name back, see if I can get my, uh, my washed up dad, butt on an airplane <laughs> to Wisconsin, maybe do a, a live podcast. Get Camille involved. Let's get Camille in here. She's she's part of the thing. Justin, like bring back basically get get the whole get the whole family band back together. Kane Pittman and the family band. Let's do it. Let's do a live. Let's try to get a live podcast. We'll have Rocky Rocky's cater it. You know, just basically greatest hits. How about Optimi- that? Optimism is growing. I'll say that just okay. quietly. Optimism is growing. My passport expired during the pandemic, so that's my first uh, job that I've got to do. Got to uh, get my passport going again. But yeah, there's there's hope. There's strong hope unless something goes really wrong here in the next couple of months. So that'll be cool. That's something to look forward to. Brooke Lopez and Kane Pittman, both uh, similar for Bucks fans. So there you go. Uh, All right, let's wrap it up. We'll be back tomorrow with Camille, maybe. She will let me know. For Frank and myself, speak to you guys tomorrow.